This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Pets. People. Pop culture. I'm Sam, the queen of rock and roll dogs and the host of Vegas Rock Dog Radio. On today's show, I'm talking about our trip back home to the United Kingdom and other great news from around the world when it comes to animals. So stay right there. the host, Sam, the queen of rock and roll dogs. Hi everyone, welcome to the show. I'm your host Sam, the queen of rock and roll dogs and this is Vegas Rock Dog Radio. We're a rock and roll show all about pets, people and pop culture. In studio with me today are two very cute little people. That's Mr. Twix and Miss Thornton. And yes, dogs are the best people that I know. And another peoply person. It's Jim Dorigo, who's, who's who's our engineer, producer. What were you going to say with that smirky tone? <laughs> you fill in the blank. What's the last one? Producer and archivist. <laughs> no, you're not an archivist. I archive the show. <gasps> archivist. Archivist. Welcome to the show, everybody. Can I have a little bit more in my headphone, Jim? Just a little, because uh, we share the same mix and you'll deafen me. It's because you've got baby baby ears. That's yeah, why I got little okay. baby ears. Well, welcome to the show, everybody. We've not been around for a couple of weeks. Like I said at the top of the show, we were back home in England, the United Kingdom, Great Britain, and I'm not even to even explain why I'm saying all of those three because <laughs> it can be quite complicated for people who are not from. The, re- the country, the region. Anyway, um, we were back visiting family. Lots of activity. We've got jet lag. We are exhausted because our feet never touch the ground. And it's one of the best trips that we've ever taken. The hardest part about the trip is actually leaving our dogs. Although we have the most amazing pet sitter. But it's never easy. And uh, then it's never easy coming back the other way. Because, you know, I'm sad to leave my family. But then excited to see my dog. So... Yeah, it can be a bit of a head trip, to say the least. Um, so let's give you a little, well, you know what? Let's let's give you some links, actually, where you can find us on the internet before we get into our little update. Our website is vegasrockdogradio.com. You can find us on Periscope, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Tumblr, and Instagram. We have a blog, therockandrolldog.com. And if you don't catch the live show, you can always do a little catch-up on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spoke by SiriusXM, Spotify, and the Google Play, I couldn't remember that earlier, Google Play, and 
any other podcast that you may have on your phone. Just search Vegas Rock Dog Radio and you'll find us. So here's our update. We went the length and breadth of the country. <laughs> it felt that way anyway. So it started off with going to Beverly. Beverly's a great town, a beautiful town. What's the history again, Jim? It was the seat of power in the north before York, York became, became the, the major city of the north. So there's Beverly, beautiful, a beautiful minster. And that's where my niece graduated from university with a degree in... Equine science. Equine science. So now we've got a professional in the family that I can consult with anything to do with horses. Very exciting. Um, so from there, we loved it in Beverly. It was gorgeous. So from there, we went to Halifax. And if you are a fan of Gentleman Jack on HBO, it's all set in Halifax. She's a true historical character, and it's a brilliant show, a brilliant show. But Halifax is, is known for its textile mills, and um, just a great time. We were at the big main square, and they've turned all those, what were the little textiles, you know, businesses. They're all now uh, individual coffee shops, wine bars, gift shops, you name it. And in the middle of the square, and it's massive, there was a sofa and a film crew. So we went over and said, hey, what are you doing? And they said, oh, we're BBC and we're filming, uh, you know, interviewing people who watch BBC programming and what they like about it. So <laughs> we ended up being interviewed. And uh, they were quite interested that, especially with Jim being American, big fan of EastEnders and loves um, Phil Mitchell. And they thought, thought that was quite funny. So, that, so we were on Points of View was the show on that Sunday. So that's how that turned out. Then... We had a wedding and it was our niece's wedding, the one that just graduated. And that off we went to Derbyshire for a couple of days in a beautiful Peak Edge Hotel, a pet friendly hotel, by the way. And that was great. Oh, my gosh. The whole family together. And my mom was over from Spain. It was a brilliant two days, wasn't it, Jim? Dance like maniacs. Just celebrated. Oh, it was just just brilliant. Then that, then the day we checked out, we decided we would go to our other sister's place, and she's got a beach house, and it's at Anderby Creek, very close to Skegness, which they call Skeg Vegas because it's got some neon signs, and it's a popular holiday place, you know, for families, and that's where where we went for a couple of days, and I was I was very excited to go down. The last time I was there, she'd bought the land. She'd put a caravan on it, and we stayed in the caravan, and had not seen her new smart home that she built on there, and Jim had never been, knew he would love it, got down there, peace and quiet, the beach, picking up shells and fossils, just amazing, the wildlife, the monk jack deer from China come up on their back garden, pheasants, cuckoos, woodpeckers, oh, what else did they have? They got badgers. Foxes. What else, Jim? Woodpeckers. I just said that. <laughs> so much wildlife. Pheasants. Pheasants, yeah. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Um, we had the best fish and chips, and then Jim visited the RAF base. Yeah, at Coningsby, we got to see real fighter operations, and then we went to the museum there at the base, which is the Battle of Britain Memorial Flight, where the RAF maintains a squadron of World War II warbirds for air shows. Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, that's history. And they're still flying. They're still flying. The mechanics are there. Oh, I mean, that was an education in itself, wasn't it, Jim? Yeah, it was amazing. Then after that, we came back to Sheffield and decided the very next day, let's go to Liverpool, <laughs> like you do. Now, my friend Ben and Jasmine, they live here in Vegas. He's from Liverpool. She's from Hawaii. They, I knew they were, they were in England at the time. 
and he's from, I say, from Liverpool, and um, Ben and his dad were producing a variety show at the Empire Theatre, not far from the Cavern, the famous Cavern Club. And I sent him a quick message and said, I know it's last minute, but we're actually on our way to Liverpool if you've got time to get together, which we did. But first what we did is we parked up, went down the pier, went to the Titanic Museum exhibit, free to go, fabulous, I mean really fabulous. Then down the pier, there's lots of art installations, there's lots of statues of famous um, musicians and singers and bands. And of course you come across the famous Beatles statue, massive. Then we walked our way up, we went to the Cavern Club where they became famous and many, many other musicians and singers and bands became famous as well. It's a it's a very musical city. Lots of money has been pumped into it and Oh, it was what was that a great day, Jim? Was it excellent? And then we met up with Ben and uh, and Jasmine, and we went to Greg's. Greg's is known for it's the best bakery ever, and uh, tried vegan sausage rolls, and it was just a really nice time, wasn't it? Yeah, it was um, very good. Now it was raining most of the time. Um, I was hoping it was raining because get sick and tired of the sun when you live here. And um, a lot of nice coffee shops. Oh we yeah, went to the Fab Four Cafe. In we Liverpool. did. I do. I did love the uh, the coffee shops. Then we got back. Then what did we do? Did we do Chatsworth after that? Yeah. Mm, did we do that or did we do... Um, we did Chatsworth. Yeah. We did Chatsworth House, which I've spoken about before on the show. My favorite stately home and uh, an incredible history going back to the 18... No, more No, 1687. 1687. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Very old. With the dukes with all the frilly collars. Yes. Yeah. But it's where it's where Mary Queen of Scots was held captive. It's not really captive that you would think of. Because she had all of her courtiers and she had all of her staff with her. But she didn't pay her rent. She didn't pay her rent. She didn't pay for her staff. And she wasn't locked up. But she didn't pay rent, so they didn't let her leave because she wasn't paid up. Yeah. That was, I don't, uh, that was what he explained anyway. Can you imagine being kept there? I mean, it's like, oh, it's so hard to stay at Jats of the House. <laughs> Great thing is, it, it was decorated for Christmas, so the house theme was Amelia Earhart and Villiers Fogg, and they just closed this exhibit, their dog art exhibit, you know, with art of the dog within the house around the grounds, but some of the statues and pieces, art installations were still up, so I was really happy to see that, and of course, very happy to see lots of people there with their dogs, which is what you see everywhere you go in England, people have their dogs with them. They just do. They're in pubs. They're, um, you know, shopping with you. They're at Chatsworth House. They're at the Christmas market. And it's lovely that the people get to take their dogs to a lot of places. And, and that way, they get used to a lot of different scenarios. And it's not a big deal for them either. You know, they're just like, oh, yeah, we're going on the train. Oh, yeah, we're going down the pub. <laughs> <laughs> and it's lovely to see that. Really, really lovely. Uh, we also saw a group of people. They have a Facebook group for their you know, old English sheepdogs, and they were having a, a photo up on a on a what was it a hayride thing? Yeah, they had big working Shire horses yeah. on a trailer, and they had these uh, sheepdogs that you can ride the hayride with the sheepdogs. So I took a couple of photos, and I'll be posting. I'll be posting everything you know, animal related, on my social media pages because oh. It was great. It was such a great trip. But then it did start to rain a fair bit. And we ended up going to Meadow Hall, which is the big, big shopping mall. And behind it is the River Don. Now, 2007, the the banks burst and it was bad. And they had to put flood defenses in. Well, we got there. 
we didn't know about any warnings. I don't think there were any at that time, in all honesty. And there were six of us, six family members, and we did a bunch of shopping, and we'd bought Christmas pajamas and had, had a coffee, and we were just having a great time. And then um, family members were messaging that it was pretty bad outside. They say that the River Don might break its, its banks again, which is right next to them all. So one sister decided to leave, and an hour later she texted back and said, um, still haven't left the car park. I'm still here. Can't get out. Can't get out of the line. It's gridlocked. And well, if you can get out, come back in because no one's going anywhere. We've been told we might have to stay overnight. And uh, four hours later, she was still stuck in a car. But by, by the time she got to the exit, the police turned her around and said, go back to Meadow Hall. Uh, it's dangerous. Uh, luckily, we were there. It's, it's easier if you're stranded with a bunch of family members anyway. We'd, we'd already hold ourselves up in a coffee shop, Kofika, on the second floor. And they had they had two floors as well. So we we were safe. And we'd bought chargers and cables for our phones, food, coffee, tea. And then for a laugh, we decided we'd put on those Christmas pajamas, take a photo and just make the most of it and take some videos, <laughs> which other people did as well. And my twin sister, who wasn't with us, but she took the photo and she posted it on Twitter. And she put a couple of hashtags, Sheffield Floods and Meadow Hall. Well, the next morning, she's waking me up. She said, get up, CNN wants to talk to you about being stranded in Meadow Hall in those pajamas. They want to know what you did to prepare <laughs> to stay for the night, which we didn't stay, have to stay for the night, fortunately, we were, but we were there 11 hours. Anyway, uh, it went viral. It went really viral to the point where the very next day, which we decided we're just going to stay home for the day, all I did was interviews all day. Interviews by, by phone, interviews by FaceTime, interviews by email, uh, I did an interview from my nephew's bedroom with Sky News, so that was that was national and international, all around the world. I did. Uh, we had a film crew from the BBC come to the house. It was just comical, you know what I mean? How we'd you know kind of made the most of it, and uh, you know we were in all the newspapers: the Sun, Daily Mail, Daily Express, the Times, Yahoo UK online, of course, all those social media outlets, Manchester. Times, I think they call it, the, the the Star, which is our local newspaper. It was hilarious. Yeah, but as much fun as you guys made out of it, it was a very serious event. I mean, the the flooding, and they're still having trouble. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. They, with it's what's still, going on right now. And it actually, is still raining. Actually, a couple raining. of people actually lost their lives. Yeah, it's still, it's still raining, you know, and that's something that I mentioned in the interviews. I said, you know, we knew it. We knew it was serious, we, but we weren't panicking and freaking out. You know, we, we had a plan together. It's easier when you're with your family. I mean, if you were by yourself, that would be hard. Or a lot of young kids had come down because there's going to be a big concert to turn on the Christmas lights, and they'd not driven there because they're young, and then they couldn't get back. They couldn't leave, and and so it's a different experience for them than it was for us. Yeah, most they shut definitely, buses and trains, yeah, service, no trams, nothing. I mean, zero. And um, you know, but here's the thing. Here's a good thing. The mall has everything you need. <laughs> It <laughs> doesn't it, Jim? <laughs> and we did have a, those pajamas, but I mean, I can't imagine if you were someone that has to take medication, and you, you're not home. You know those kind of things. So you, you have to, you know, as I say, it was it was different for us than it was for them. But we did have a plan. But we are the type of family that will make the most of it, and and that's exactly what we did. So, um, and then following to, uh, Chatsworth, we stayed at our niece's uh, new house uh, near Manchester Airport, which is great. And that was the end of the trip. So as you can imagine, 
We are very, very tired, very tired, but very, very happy at what a great trip we had. And of course, very happy when we got to pick our dogs up. And they were tired because they had played with other dogs that were staying at our pet sitters for two weeks straight. I mean, they got a lot of socialization and fun, didn't they, Jim? So yeah, it, they're still like that. They are. They are. They've been very slow for a couple of days, but it's been great. So that's where we've been. Anyway, so let's get on to some. Let's get. I tell you what. Let's get on to some some good news. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this as a puppy that's got an extra tail on its head. And uh, this uh, this puppy was named Narwhal, which Jim informed me is a whale that's got the big tusky thing out of its head. And it was picked up by Max Mission, which is a rescue in Missouri. Now, the vet said there's no medical need to remove it uh, on this little 10-week-old abandoned puppy. And... Um, uh, of course, it's, it's, that has become viral as well, <laughs> like we were. And um, it's, a, it's a rescue that predominantly takes in animals with special needs. So he fell into that category for sure. Uh, there's no need to remove it. And his tail is about a third of his size of his normal tail. But it's right in the middle of his forehead. It's not an extension of his tail. It's just an extra tail. It's just an extra little tail, yeah. And a cute little one as well. Anyway, as you can imagine, I'm sure there are tens of thousands of people putting in applications for this this particular dog. And, uh, of course, the popularity of the dog's photo on Facebook does help raise awareness about that small rescue. And they were very, very happy about that. But uh, they said, happy little dog, plays for hours, no pain whatsoever. Uh, they're going to hang on to him for a little while because he needs to grow a little bit and make sure that he's in really, really good shape. But uh, I would not like the job of going through those applications at all. But uh, that tail has definitely made him into a very, very cool little puppy. But isn't that cute? But um, they're saving hundreds and hundreds of dogs in their Missouri, which is uh, Puppy Mill uh, one of the puppy mill capitals, and so I'm not surprised by any of those things, but um, doing a great job there, and uh, great that they got this viral moment for their small rescue. Now, this will make you laugh, Jim. Oh, my gosh, this is hilarious. Parrot trapped on roof tells the fire crew to F off when they try to rescue her. Where's that? <laughs> I don't, it's in London, I think. The role of firefighters is very important, and these guys risk their own lives to save people and, of course, animals. And they do that on a daily, daily basis. They're the ones running into a fire while other, people's are up, other people are running away from a fire. And uh, not everyone is grateful for being rescued. And that was this macaw parrot called Jessie. She was trapped on a London roof for three days. And some people scared she was injured, you know, and thought, oh, she's never going to get down. And that's why, well, that's why she needed to come down. And uh, But she wasn't very happy with the rescue team. Not happy at all. That's funny. So they said the London Fire Brigade was called amid concerns for Jessie and her, and her welfare after the owners called the RSPCA, which is the Royal Society of Prevention Cruelty to Animals, in case you didn't know that. And um, th they couldn't get her down. <laughs> they tried. So uh, in an effort to bond with the parrot, the fire crew manager coaxed her with the words, I love you. And uh, as the animal experts had instructed them, and London Fire Brigade watch manager Chris Swallow, who was at the scene, explained that the crew manager was the volunteer willing to go up the ladder and try and bring, uh, you know, cute little Jesse down. Anyway, but while Jesse responded, while Jesse responded, I love you back, uh, we then discovered that she had a bit of a foul mouth and kept swearing much to our amusement. He added that the bird also spoke Turkish and Greek, so they tried to tell her to come down in those languages too. Um, she just kept ignoring them, basically, and uh, yet she soon flew off to another roof and then to a tree, and everyone saw she was fine and uninjured. 
and she she wasn't that grumpy as she seemed after all and she was perfectly well and they finally reunited her with her owner but Swallow explained that as with this incident the RSPCA should be contacted in the first in- instance and he encouraged all people to do the same uh, for any animals in distress however uh, if the RSPCA can't do it then of course they call for assistance but um, uh, after Jessie returned home of her own accord her owner sent the firefighters video to thank them for their help but yeah she told them to F off <laughs> <laughs> that is great. Uh, here's another good story. It starts off not so good, but it finishes well. Uh, last for seven days, a missing tortoise has been reunited with her family in Roseville. She apparently travelled more than five miles away from her home, but it's where she ended up. That's truly remarkable. Her name was Sweetie, and her her owner, Sarah, Sarah Kogasol, I think so you pronounce it, she just didn't think you were going to see her again. And uh, some lady took her in and, uh, of course, that's sharing her information. And when she, you know, clocked that it was her, I think she'd had her over 20 years and said, that's sweetie. And the woman gave her the address to come and pick her up at. And the address happened to be Sarah's previous home. Really? So the tourists <laughs> knew where to go. <laughs> yeah. Is that not amazing? That is amazing. Now, here's another good good story. Age 14, a young woman from Pennsylvania was forced to part ways with her beloved puppy, Chloe, who held a special place in her heart. She had always wondered what happened to the pup. That is, until an unbelievable twist of fit occurred on social media many years later. And do you know what that was, Jim? They needed to find a home for a dog. She adopted a dog, and that happened to be her little puppy from all those years ago. Really? Can you believe How'd that? How'd you find that out? It was probably microchipped, huh. something like that. It didn't say in the thing, but can you imagine? That would, I know, it was my, that was my mic. Um, what a gift, mm. you know, what a gift. And, oh, because here's the thing, she probably never would have got over the fact that, uh, who knows what the circumstances were, but she probably never would have gotten over the fact that she had to give up her, her dog. But then to actually get her dog back, oh, Amazing story. Amazing. Well, I thought we could talk about oceans since we were by the ocean. Um, and as I say, we were at Anderby Creek and uh, beautiful, beautiful beach. But I didn't see any trash whatsoever on that beach. Did you? No, I didn't, I didn't see, see any. any. I didn't see a thing. But it was very, it was nice because it was undeveloped. Yeah, it was lovely. I mean, it's well used, the, the beach, all year round, but it's undeveloped, which is great. But they have a program where you come and help clean up and, it, uh, you know, they have bags and stuff for you to, to use. And then your reward is tea, biscuits and cake. <laughs> I'd be all about that, Jim. <laughs> so I thought that was great. I thought that was really good. But if I'm more of those programs, and also very social, aren't they? It's a very sociable thing to do, to be with other people. You're helping the environment. You feel good and you get your tea and cake at the end of it. It's very British, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, it was like that after our, my, our niece's graduation. In the Minster, it was tea, coffee, and homemade cakes. Yes. It was very, very lovely, wasn't it, Jim? I had two slices. Did you? I didn't know that. Uh, here's some good news, talking about the oceans. Uh, so get this. 18-year-old Fionn Fiera from Ireland just won $50,000. Uh, and it's a Google Science Award for his work in removing microplastics from the ocean. 
The teenager won his first prize at the Google Science Fair 2019 amongst 100 other competitors. And Fionn's new method for extracting microplastics, uh, as in microbeads, uh, involves the use of ferrofluids and magnets, and his innovative approach manages to remove over 87% of microplastics from test samples. It's phenomenal. I'll have to look that up. That sounds interesting yeah. to me. Currently, very little is done to prevent plastic microbeads and their interference with nature on a global scale. They are commonly used in cosmetics, end up in wastewater, are easily mistaken for food by animals, becoming part of the food chain. And I know that I know that it's this they said they pretty much all the sea life has plastic in their it's bodies. Terrible. It's not right, is it? And um if the eighteen year old can use the fifty thousand dollars to to show this method can scale, it could allow countries to deal with microplastics globally at an industrial level. You see, young kids, they see things from a different direction sometimes, don't they, Jim? Mm -hmm. But that's, that is brilliant. That is absolutely brilliant. Now, here's another another thing. And this is probably, I think, is this my last one? Uh, I've just got a couple more stories. It's kind of a short show, I think, today, don't you think? Might be, yeah, or yeah, we probably need to take a break soon, too. Well, actually, let's do a quick break now before I continue on with the rest of the news. So uh, you're listening to Vegas Rock Dog Radio. We've got more good news coming up in just a moment. Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Pets. People. Pop culture. How long have we been going? D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. When we put him on the Dynavite, he took right to it. All of these symptoms disappeared. Dynavite is nutrition. If you want the dog to be healthy, you got to feed it something healthy. Something that he actually likes to eat. You need to put him on Dynavite. Dynavite for life. If you love your dog, you don't just want him healthy, you want him to be happy. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Pets. People. Pop culture. Welcome back. Actually, before, well, you're listening to Vegas Rock Dog Radio. I mean, it's mentioned that. But before we continue on with our news, I just want to make mention of our little friend, Gracie. Uh, she, you, if you've watched me on TV, she's kind of my little sidekick and I bring her on, on, sh on the show shows with me and, uh, she had to have surgery yesterday. She had to have one of her front legs yeah, amputated. Anyway, she was already moving around on her three legs yesterday. Was she? Yeah. After surgery. Couldn't believe it. Wow. So that's, that is in itself good news. But as you can imagine, bills are huge when it comes to, uh, medical care. Uh, not just, you know, surgeries, but the aftercare as well, the medications. It's a lot. Anyway, so I decided uh, what, I'd, what I'd actually done. Uh, so unfortunately, um, Gracie's mom lost one of her, well, she lost two of her pets. She lost In France. the last month and a half. Yeah, she lost Francia Cat, and then she lost Odie. And I'd designed for her a notebook with Odie's image on the front. It said, Love is Blind, because he had no eyes. And give, just give it as a gift. But we decided, you know, after talking about the expense of, um, the expense of, you know, all this medical care, that I would release it on Amazon, this notebook, and 
$10 from every single book will actually go to her aftercare. So I'm going to link that up for you uh, because it's going to be a little bit of a long road. You know, she's got rehab and all that stuff, uh, and it's not cheap. I think one of the tests was three grand. No joke, a test. Oh, so, uh, so, so I just wanted to make mention of that, and, and that's a way that we can help raise money for her. Um, I'm also releasing this, uh, well, actually, this coming week, my winter series of notebooks with a cute little robin red breast that I, I uh, drew and painted. And it's going to be on five different notebooks, but all with this winter theme with the same little red robin red breast that needs a name because I don't have a name for, for the bird. Uh, that's going to be coming out. One of them's going to be a gratitude journal. You know, uh, what I'm grateful for today is one of them. There'll be a notebook, there'll be a dot grid journal, you know, that kind of thing. And I'm also releasing a black and white notebook called Catitude. And it's, uh, again, a um, uh, a design of one of my, si- my sister's cat, Feisty Two Socks. Uh, it's a really cool black and white drawing that I did. And it says Catitude on the front, and that's going to be a journal. And that's going to be released next week as well. And then the Christmas and probably the Hanukkah ones will be coming up shortly. <laughs> so might, we're catching up. We're catching up since our trip, but we're catching up. But I wanted to make mention of that. I also want to make mention of my little friend Tulip who passed away this week. And I also want to make mention of our little friend Daisy who they found a tumor on her heart. Mm. And um, it's just, I've got some friends going through some very, very difficult times right now with their pets and it's simply heartbreaking. And um, it's not fair. It's just not fair. That's how I feel. Oh, and also to mention Bella, our friend Bella who passed away as well oh, yeah. this week. I mean, it's been it's been a very difficult time for lots and lots of our friends. So um, we're sending all of our love to them. But if you can definitely participate in in the fundraiser for Gracie, uh, she'd be great. So grateful, so grateful. And um, yeah, it's been it's been you know some some difficult times there for our friends and their pets. Um, I found this um, article, Jim. It's it's fairly new, actually. Uh, actually, it's this month, and it was a longitudinal long longitudinal evidence of the impact of dog ownership and dog walking on mental health. We talk a lot about mental health, don't we? We walk the dogs all the time. Oh, so I'm interested. Why in this. is my microphone squeaking every time I move it? You shouldn't be grabbing it when you're talking. <laughs> but I need to move it. No, you don't. Um, Go on then. I know Mr. Twix is out of control. He's out of control, licking one foot. I hope we can't hear that. Hey. It's that one sound people don't Twix. like when they're in bed at night. <laughs> you know, you just settle down to go to sleep and it starts that licking. You go, what is going on? <laughs> well, this uh, study, uh, and we've talked about, well, we've talked about uh, decompression walks. And and they're mainly for dogs, but really they're for you as well. Well, you think about decompression walk. But this is great um, research. The abstract, the background is emerging evidence supports the physical health and social benefits of dog ownership. This study examines the longitudinal effect of dog ownership and dog walking on mental health. And the methods they use, so data from a cohort of 1,023 participants taking part in the Residential Environments Project in Perth, Western Australia, were collected over a two-year period. Uh, That's baseline and follow-up. Self-report survey items measured mental health, stress and depression, and dog ownership status and weekly minutes of dog walking. And logistic 
uh, regression models accounted for potential confounding factors, including socio, no, so, yeah, socio-demographic, self-rated health, and baseline mental health. Here are the results. Overall, no um, statistically significant effects were observed over time between dog ownership and stress or depression. There was a small inverse but non-significant association between weekly minutes of dog walking and stress over time. Uh, conclusion, they said that there's little evidence of prospective associations between dog ownership or dog walking and mental health, but they said there needs to be further research is required to conform longitudinal relationships between dog ownership and dog walking and mental health and investigate dog-related factors such as a per person's attachment to their dog. Here's the thing, though. I know they can't say there's a relationship between the two, but if you walk by yourself or you walked with your dog, that does help you. Exercise helps your mental health. Yeah, but they're just saying it doesn't yeah. matter whether you do it with or without yeah. the dog. Yeah, but for me, I'm happy, even happier if I've got my dog with me. You know, so but they said there needs to be more research, and I think most people listening to this are going to go, "No, there's definitely some really good benefits." Um, but yeah, I, th I thought that would be way more significant, you know, than what it actually was. Hmm. But it wasn't. Interesting. Um, Very interesting. When you have a dog, it, you have sometimes no choice. You have to go for walks. And if you don't have a dog, you don't go for walks. That's so true. it's better to go for walks and not have walks. Yeah, that's true. And then have the motivation because you have to take your dog because ours demand walks. They do. Yeah. Oh, there's no fact, getting away with that. demand one as soon as we're done with the show today, probably. You've just said that word three times and their ears are up now. I know. <laughs> So don't be surprised if they start bugging you in a minute. Um, psychic pets. Do you have a psychic pet link between you and your pets? I always say they're psychic because in your mind you can say, let's go for a walk, yeah. But in your mind you say it, and then they start looking at you like, yeah, let's go. So anyway, this is what's interesting. Why is it that you can often feel that someone is staring at you? How do pigeons home? You know, and the homing pigeons. Uh, these are just some of the simple questions posed by Dr. Rupert Sheldrake. Witness firsthand the dramatic answers in easy, uh, inexpensive experiments you can perform for yourself. The results could very could very well change how you view the world. And it's based on a book uh, called Seven Experiments That Could Change the World, A Do-It-Yourself Guide to Revolutionary Science. It was released in 1996 by Wellspring Media. And Rupert Sheldrake, Dr. Rupert Sheldrake, produced and directed this um, documentary. I'm going to link it all out so you can actually watch it. I think it's about, about an hour long. But they, there's one thing that they show you, and that's, you know, homing pigeons. Okay, so they have homing pigeons leave from a hut and a hut that's on wheels, and then they move the hut, and guess what? They came back to the hut, even though it was in a completely different place they'd never been to so before. So they didn't go back to their home. They the went back to their... Hut. Hut. The hut was moved, and they somehow knew where the hut was. <laughs> I heard that they have the ability to read the magnetic waves of the earth. Oh, really? That's what I heard. Could be but a little bit like that. Maybe that tortoise was psychic as well that made its way back to its old home. Could have been. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, isn't it? Animals, I'm telling you, they're, they're, they're quite complex little creatures, aren't they? Mm -hmm. I mean, think about, is it the bee that knows how to, to, you know, mathematically knows how to do a perfect hexagon? Oh, yeah. The octagon. Work, the worker bee. Octagon, hexagon. Hexagon. Hexagon, no. Hexagon. Is it? But they, it, they're perfectly formed mathematically. 
Mm-hmm. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Uh, what was that documentary we watched at my sister's house with the birds that were uh, mating, how their mating call and the things that oh, they do? Oh, it was do. like the top, the top birds that have strange rituals and e- dances. and Yeah. Build, they build monuments yeah. or have moves. Yeah, they would build these monuments to attract the female bird. Then they do dances. Then there was these crazy dances. It was brilliant. I have to say that documentary was so interesting and funny, really funny. If I can find it, I will definitely share it with you. But it was very good, wasn't it, Jim? Yeah. Oh, I'm having issues with my mic today. Stop grabbing the what mic. The, the more heck you move is it, the going more you it. Just leave it in place. <laughs> it's driving me crazy with that. So what we got coming up, let's think about what we've got coming up. We've got, um, I'm involved once again with Murray Sawchuck, celebrity magician. You might have seen him on America's Got Talent. I'm once again working with Murray to raise money for animal rescue through his show that's going to be on December the 20th at the Tropicana Hotel inside the Laugh Factory Theatre. So that's coming up. Tomorrow night, we're going to see Piff the Magic Dragon. I met Piff a couple of weeks ago. And you will have seen him on America's Got Talent. <laughs> there you go. And he's uh, known for his uh, comedy. Uh, he's a, he's a, a dragon. And his little sidekick is Mr. Piffles. And he is a psychic chihuahua. He's a psychic chihuahua. So I'll, I'll be seeing his show with both of us, Well, tomorrow night. Uh, what else have we got coming up as far as fundraising? Oh, um, actually, there's a there's a going to be a big uh, pet supply fundraiser at Barks Parks coming up soon in Vegas, and that's going to help a lot of rescues out. And I feel like there's one more thing that I'm involved in, and it's not coming to mind. Can't think what it is. No idea. It'll come maybe on the next show. <laughs> And talking of Christmas, I've already got my Christmas tree up. I know, I know. But here's the thing. If your Christmas tree makes you happy, put it up. Put it up early. I've been watching all the Hallmark Christmas films. It's been great. Yeah. I've got my Christmas pajamas on right now. My favorite films. Yeah, I love them. And I know the plots are always the same, but they always feel good. And there's nothing wrong with feeling good whatsoever. So, yeah, lots, lots happening. And I'm looking at things that I can involve my dogs in. Um, the the um, Ethelem's Chocolate Factory. I know for a fact we can take our dogs there uh, to tour around the cactus gardens that they decorate in a fabulous way for Christmas. Uh, there is a, and I can't take my dogs in this one, but there's a train ride, and a 90-minute train ride, and it's the pajama train ride, which I'm an expert now wearing pajamas in, in public. So <laughs> it's hot chocolate and, and biscuits, cookies, and it's a 90-minute ride and the story time, which I think is lovely. Uh, there's also the electric light parade that's going to be happening in Boulder City. One thing I will say about parades, particularly the ones in summer, don't take your dogs to parades that are really boiling hot. Don't take your dogs to parades that they don't like people. They don't like the loud sounds of you know cars going by and floats going by. Um, and you know generally, if they don't enjoy it, don't put them through that. It's not fair. It's really not fair. Same with the night parade. It's going to be really cold. So you, if you are going to take your dogs, got to wrap them up. And um, again, if they don't like that kind of uh, scene, then let them stay at home. 
I've been to far too many parades. It's made me sick to my stomach to see dogs terrified and the people just keep them there. It's horrible. It's awful. That it does ruin ruin the um, event, doesn't it, Jim? We've left before. Um, yeah. We've had to call the police before. There's drunk people at nine in the morning that had a big was it a chain on that dog's neck around the light pole? Yeah, and they yeah. changed the light pole and left the dog. Around crowds and, oh, gosh. Well, they went to the 7-Eleven to get their beer. <sighs> so we got the police involved in that. I mean, animal welfare. Come on, people. Come on. I, I still will never understand. Like if, for example, if I wasn't that into dogs, would I get a dog? If I was not, not that into parrots, would I get a parrot? So I don't understand how people get them in the first place. If they're not that into them, you can tell they're not by their actions. How does that even enter your head? If you're not really into dogs, why do you have one? <laughs> There's real no explanation. There isn't, but there isn't. It's a right conundrum, isn't it? A right conundrum. Anyway, Jim, that looks like we got to the end of our show, unless you've got something else you want to say. No, I'm still, um, I wake up at 2 a.m. Yeah, a, like know, I do. Jet lag, yeah. can't go back to sleep. So I think right now when we finish the show, I'm going to suit up these dogs and we're going to go out. Oh, you know what we are going to do no. this afternoon? We're going to run over to Public Works Coffee Shop in Henderson and we are going to plan a notebook shopping day. Now, all the notebooks that I design are all animal themed. So we will make sure we post that on our social media because we'd love to see everyone come and grab a coffee and uh, do a little shopping. I mean, heck, you've got to buy presents for people. <laughs> And if you've got animal lovers in your family and in your, your circle of friends, those are my notebooks. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. They're cool. Aren't they cool, Jim? Very cool. Yeah. Creative. Yeah. And Unique. I think they make make for really nice gifts. Um, but on that note, um, I'm going to say goodbye. Mr. Twix probably won't because he's still licking his foot. <laughs> that noise. Noise. It'd love to make you crazy. Uh uh, you know what? If you get a chance today, run over to my Instagram account. Help me name that little red robin red breast on my uh, winter series of notebooks. She needs a name. I know she's a girl, but she needs a name. Anyway, it's been great uh, to be back and uh, back on track. And we'll be back on track next week like we normally are. And I uh, hope you've enjoyed today's show. We've got some really good feeling, feel-good stories about animals and uh, there's nothing wrong with that. But thank you for listening to the show. Uh, catching up on our podcast when you do and sharing the show with your friends. And the, we love all the incredible feedback that we get on the topics and the people we bring on the show to help promote the lives of our pets, uh, improve the lives of our pets, sorry. And thank you for being fantastic pet parents and caring about every aspect of your pet's lives. Um, today, you've been listening to Vegas Rock Dog Radio, where it is all about pets, people, and pop culture. I'm your host, Sam queen of rock and roll dogs and always kiss your pets good morning and good night and i'll see you next time you've been listening to vegas rock dog radio pets people pop culture you've been listening to vegas rock dog radio pets people pop culture Visit Vegas Rock Dog Radio for more information. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe on iTunes and iHeartRadio. And remember, give your fur babies a big kiss from me, Sam, the queen of rock and roll dogs. 
You must not rely on the information in this broadcast from our hosts as an alternative to medical advice from your veterinarian. If you have any specific questions about a medical matter regarding your pets, you should consult your veterinarian or specialist. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.